Okay. Hi, everyone. So, the other day, I was thinking of something that Heidegger said. What he said is this. He said, We're in flight from thinking. Now, I'm not really qualified to venture too deep into the, into the dense underbrush that is the great thinker Heidegger. But I thought I might just meditate on, well, thinking a bit. Okay, so here we go then. Okay, now, I'm not sure, but, but it seems to me that today we have increasingly little time, patience, or, or maybe even ability for profound attention or, or deep contemplation. As I mentioned, we seem to be in flight from thinking, as Heidegger says. Now, it is true that we might be getting better at something like uh, multitasking. And sure, amidst the, the clamor and busyness of things, that may have its benefits. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, isn't multitasking a kind of wide but flat mode of attention? I mean, I just don't think that we can think about or attend to all things at once. It seems to me that to pay attention, to really pay attention, means that you don't pay attention to something else. In other words, attention is a limited capacity resource. So really what happens in the case of multitasking is that our brains flit from one thing to another. This is the sort of uh, attention that's marked by radical change of focus between different tasks or between different sources of information. But trying to keep up with an excess of stimuli like this means a scattered, fragmented, or restless mode of awareness. And so this multitasking, it's a, it's a frantic sort of attention. As the philosopher Byung-Chol Han says, it's the sort of attention that characterizes wild animals who must uh, constantly divide their attention, who must continually process background events just in order to stay alive. Due to this uh, restlessness, animals, like perhaps many of us today, cannot immerse themselves contemplatively in things. Actually, Nietzsche recognized this sort of restless awareness or mode of attention in his own time and called it the beginning of the death of civilization. And that's because he thought we owed our greatest cultural achievements to deep contemplative attention. Now, not only is immersive reflection and meditation being replaced by this um, busy or frantic attention, but it seems like a lot of our thinking has also become quantitative or additative in nature too. That's to say, it's becoming increasingly marked by the building up of or by the proliferation of data. The problem with this is that in our continuous information surfing and binging, we voraciously consume the, the infinite bits of data without pausing to bind, without taking the time to meditate on and connect together what it is we consume, without making it meaningful or giving it significance, without seeking out the truth. And there's a sort of machine-like, functional aspect to this, right? It's like we're becoming more and more like uh, processors. And the problem with processors is that they don't stop and linger and reflect because that would be, well, inefficient. But here's the thing. Real thinking isn't just calculative or quantitative or additive. It's not just a, a rushing torrent of bits of information. 
No, real thinking is so much more than this. So, first of all, real thinking wants, as Heidegger says, to dwell or, or to collect itself. It wants to sit still. It wants time and empty space. It wants quiet. And real thinking partly means allowing the world to reveal itself rather than being a strategy for how to manipulate or exploit it. What's more, real thinking is also subversive and a kind of negativity. That's to say, it criticizes, it undercuts, it questions. It's, well, it's the mother of revolution. And also, real thinking isn't just uh, linear and predictable. No, no, it's, it's experimental. It dances and it cuts clearing through untrodden paths. In this way, it has the quality of a, of a free spirit, to use a Nietzsche's term. And finally, for me anyway, real thinking is something fundamentally transformative. It's something that can make the world appear fundamentally different from the way it was. This is when it takes the, the form of imagination and becomes an agent of enchantment and interpretation. And how interesting and amazing life can be when that happens. <laughs>